0: Power is made perfect in weakness, and whenever I am weak, then I am strong. It's one of those verses in Scripture that's kind of mysterious, odd, kind of strikes us. What does it actually mean? Because if we truly believe that God is truth, then whatever we hear in Scripture has to reflect itself in the reality of the world that we live in, because God created it. So somewhere in our life, there has to be proof that power is made perfect in weakness. But more often than not, as human beings, what do we do? We pursue power, right? To win wars, to win an argument, to get a certain amount of money that I think that I need so that I can have control over my life. Even anger. Anger is often a means that we use to regain power in a relationship or in a conversation when we feel like we're losing that control. The pursuit of power is something that we're often tempted towards because power comes with control and control comes with a sense of security and a sense of peace and safety. But When we think about it, and I like to do this every once in a while, how often when we get exactly what we want, are we really satisfied? And I'm not talking about moments where you're kind of, you know, maybe at a family gathering or on holidays in the mountains or somewhere and you're just like, this is life as it should be. That wasn't all because of your doing. I'm talking about like you scraped and saved to get this vehicle that you wanted and you finally get that vehicle and you're like, yeah, it's nice. It's not as good as what I had in my head. How often when we try to get things exactly the way that we want them, are we really satisfied with the outcome? I would say almost never. Almost never, when we control all the circumstances of things, is the outcome really satisfactory. Getting our own way doesn't bring what we're looking for. So, how is weakness a good thing? First image I'll throw your way is when someone is drowning. What do they do when they try to exert power? And take back control when they're drowning. They flail their arms everywhere and if somebody tries to come and save them, they'll even pull down the person that is trying to rescue them in their attempt to regain power. How are you saved when you're drowning? You give up. You don't fight. You let yourself go so that the person who's able to swim, can grab you and bring you to safety. But if you try to exert power in that moment, you're doomed, and you bring others down with you. Weakness is the answer when you're drowning. When we need to learn, whether that's in school or in life, what happens when we exert power? We don't learn, because I've got everything I need already. I understand everything that I need to understand, I have all the knowledge that I need to live my life, and whatever you have to contribute to me can't be as good as what I've already got. Those who are good students, those who are good life learners, are the ones who constantly acknowledge their weakness, their lack of knowledge, their lack of understanding, and seek for more. And that's what makes them great students of life or students in school. It's that pursuit for more that comes from their awareness. They don't have it. They're weak. Right? You'll hear that phrase, kind of, I know enough to know that I know nothing. Right? Or when you're trying to correct and discipline a child. If you use force with a child, it might work for the moment. But over the long term, if all you ever do is use power, your power over the child because you are the adult and they are the child, and so you use force, either physically or with words or with your ability to ground them and discipline them by taking things away, if that's the only way that you correct them, is that going to grow a human being that strives to love and care for others? No, it needs to be balanced with an acknowledgement that as a parent, as an adult, I don't know how to raise this human being. I don't know exactly what they need. I don't know why they're struggling and they're angry or anxious right now, and I don't have a perfect answer for this problem. And when I can acknowledge that, then I treat that child differently. Or in relationships, in love. In love. What happens when you try to control the relationship? When you want to make sure that this person never leaves you or that this person is always kind of admiring you or respecting you, when you try to control the environment of that relationship to make that happen, what happens? You drive them away because that's not love. What does authentic love require? It requires the willingness to be vulnerable with another human being. To not just give them all of the things that you're good at, but also to give your spouse all the things you stink at it as well. And not to have to hide them or perfect them for the sake of your spouse, but actually go, look, I'm not a very good listener. I don't listen well. I don't know how. And share that. I'm not good at letting go of control. I always have to have things just the way that they are. The dishes just in the right place. The house perfectly clean. I can't let go of that. Vulnerability is required for love. And in that, power is made perfect in weakness. That when we are weak, then we are made strong. We see that in the pattern of life. And so what we need to hold on to as well is the same is true in our relationship with God. If we don't allow ourselves to be weak before God, then his grace will have no power in us. We won't let his grace be sufficient for us because we will be constantly living from an approach of needing to prove ourselves to God. That I am a good person, I'm a good Christian, that I pray just the way that I'm supposed to. Or I do good in the way that I'm supposed to do good. Constantly trying to overcome my sinfulness and my brokenness so that I can show God that I'm worthy of heaven. He doesn't ask us to. That's not God's request. We don't know what this thorn in the flesh is for St. Paul. We have no idea what it is. But it's some kind of struggle in his own life, in his spiritual life that he's trying to overcome. And he comes to God and says, God, get rid of this. Let me overcome this weakness so that I can stop being weighed down by this thorn in my flesh and actually do everything that you want me to do. And what God's answer? Nope. Not going to do it. Because by that thorn in his flesh, St. Paul is constantly reminded of his need for God. The same thing is true for us. Maybe that bad habit that you've struggled with for a really long time, maybe God just wants you to offer that weakness to him. Maybe you won't correct it until you're six feet under and waiting the doors of heaven, but it won't matter if you offer it to God because your weakness is made perfect by God's power, by his grace.